Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy Leffler, and welcome to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. We always like to start our show with an introduction and a reminder of why we do it. In November of 2000, our 17-year-old daughter, Leah, died in a car accident. Meeting the grief of her death helped us to more fully understand the territory of grief. We each took our own path on that journey, and we've now arrived in a place where we can join together to help others navigate their grief journeys. Leah's death provided a doorway to our transformation, one that we never expected. Our passion is changing the conversation around grief and helping those we talk to find meaning, purpose, and joy again so they can fully participate in their lives. We invite you to join today's conversation and help us build community. Welcome to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan, where conversations build community. Our Monday Morning Conversations are meant to create a safe space where respectful dialogue is encouraged. Our intention is to promote understanding by listening when having difficult conversations. We hope to offer you resources as you travel your personal journey. Good morning, everyone. This is Dan Leffler. Today, our early experiences shape us in ways that we only discover when we're exposed to a variety of people and places. Closed minds and whispered rumors can do damage to our self-esteem. Our reserves of internal strength needs to be nurtured to allow ourselves to grow. Finding and knowing our self-worth allows us to approach life with an open mind to discern the path that we were meant to follow. Today's song is by Greta Van Fleet. It's called Heat Above, and it's a rock anthem filled with some vivid images. As always, we're happy to introduce new talent to our audience, and this suggestion by today's guests addresses conflict, resilience, and most of all, hope. So take a listen to Heat Above.
Finding people to support you as you travel your path can be helpful. Today, mentors and guides are needed to help navigate the events and situations that young men and women face. Today, we're going to be talking about mentorship, rites of passage, men's work, and emotional learning with our guest, Duncan Indava. Duncan is a certified life coach, mentor, and wilderness guide. He grew up on and around Vashon Island, Washington, and currently lives in West Seattle with his wife and their cat. He loves the friends and family he has there, as well as the food, music, and beautiful forest of Western Washington. His work as a mentor is inspired by the experience he had as a teenager in need of support from adults outside his own family. Non-judgmental adults who offered their support and wisdom are a huge part of what got him through the roller coaster of adolescence. Coaching is how he helps adults who are stepping into their power as leaders in community, career, or personal life. He loves supporting those who are called to do heart-centered work in the world, focus their energy, and feel empowered on whatever path they have chosen or have been chosen by. Welcome, Duncan. Thank you. It's great to have you here. And um, first thing I want to ask is uh, tell us about why you selected this song today. Yeah, absolutely. I chose this song largely because of hope. Uh, this song feels like uh, it is full of the the energy of passion, heart, and hope, and much of that is what I strive to bring with me and instill in the young people that I work with. That's great. Um, I love it. I, I I heard some what reminded me of some early journey work. Uh, I had not heard of uh, Greta Van Fleet before, and you know, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Have to check out some more of their their work. Um, tell us a little bit about your story and and why you do the work that you're you're doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you mentioned, um, I grew up on Vashon Island, which is a pretty small community in the Pacific Northwest. Um, a lot of caring adults, a lot of beautiful natural spaces and a pretty idyllic place to be a kid and then a both beautiful and sometimes suffocating place to be a teenager Um, and despite the physical safety of the island my internal landscape often felt pretty pretty chaotic and the term roller coaster feels appropriate in the like high highs the low lows and sometimes even feeling a bit like a haunted house um holy crap how am i going to get out of here and um i was i was fortunate to uh, in my teens and early 20s have some really truly caring and non-judgmental support from adults outside my own family who i felt like saw me for who I was and showed me possible ways of being an adult and moving into my future that felt exciting and open. And yeah, the the experience of that uh, inspired me. And when I found out that it was possible to uh, spend my time as an adult giving that back to young people it just felt like a natural calling. Well, that's uh, pretty inspiring. And I know that I've had a number of mentors um, uh, during my career that uh, I benefited from with their positive impact. And so I'm familiar with that. How does mentorship show up uh, in today's society and the importance of it and the impact of being a mentor have in your experience? I know, as I mentioned, having mentors is such a, an important uh, aspect of uh, finding those guide signs or, or you know guideposts to help steer you in the right direction. And I don't know that it's always available to people. And when you have that support, it, it really becomes something that you cherish. And I, that's what I'm hearing from you, that you're... The mentors that uh, showed up for you uh, really gave you some valuable lessons. 
and I yeah. know, and I know that you're, you know, involved in a program. I, we want to hear more about that um, because you know I think there are personal rites of passage, and that there are public rites of passage that we experience. You know, the the private rites are um, your first times. You know, examples of which would be like the first time I rode a a two-wheeled bicycle, you know, uh, no training wheels. You're out on your own. Um, that is, uh, you know, kind of a became for me a one of those signposts in the road. I can do this, you know. First time you jump in water over your head was another example. Mm-hmm. You're you're um, on your own and you made it, you know. And of course, you know that first kiss. <laughs> it's. Uh, um, those rites of passage that are become important, but you know we've got to recognize the public rites of passage as well. And uh, so, how does your work influence that? What um, did your mentors bring to you that you felt important to share? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic question. Um, yeah, in my opinion, my experience in in a healthy culture, the the adults are paying attention to the youth, and they care and they observe the young people go through the ups and downs of growing up, and on that journey, ideally, there's there's a witnessing of those sparks of uniqueness and of brilliance and of curiosity, as well as the times of struggle. And yeah, for me, the role of the mentor is to really see what's unique about the young people that they uh, are in community with and to meet them in that, to find ways to uh, inspire them or engage them in what it is that brings out that light inside of them. And at the same time, yeah, a mentor has to be chosen. I think when I, when I look back on my time uh, as a youth and still, when I find mentors in my life, it's, it's not necessarily the people who, want to have an influence on me it's the people that i'm naturally drawn to because there's a resonance and yeah it feels like it was the times in my life when i was opening up to something new and exciting i remember a time in high school when i was just starting to get interested in philosophy and i had a teacher who saw that in me and even though i wasn't necessarily uh, thriving in their class uh, from a grade standpoint, they saw a genuine curiosity and they set aside time at lunch to meet up with me and read. And in that way, they, they, they fanned this flame that got my mind excited. And they didn't necessarily know where that was going to lead, but it had an impact on me. And I still still think back on that time when I felt seen and I felt cared about and it inspired me to keep going along my path and so yeah now with with journeymen what we're striving to do is to bring more and more of that into our culture to create intentionally opportunities where caring adults are in uh, the lives of young people consistently and we can see them in those ways and potentially notice what's going on for them and sometimes that means that they come to us and they're looking for support or guidance and sometimes that means noticing if they're having a tough day or when they've accomplished something great and making sure that when that happens there's at least one adult there can say, I see you. I saw that. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm not sure if that entirely answers the question, but that's that's what's coming up for me right now. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if we entirely ever answer any question. It, it, it's it's the way that the present moment infuses itself into our um, our thoughts, and our, uh, it's the way the present moment inspires us. And as I was listening to you speak, two things came up. Um, one of them was a conversation we had with a past guest about parents raising children and that uh, in order for in, in order to raise that uh, our our job as parents is to raise help our children become successful adults and the missing piece to that sometimes is that the adult doesn't have what they needed to they don't have the tools to be able to do that because they need some something for themselves they may need mentoring themselves or some kind of um, assistance. And when a child grows up in an environment where they don't have a parent, who, who can see them and acknowledge them and help them to regulate themselves, teach them how to regulate themselves? That's where I see mentors being so important um, because it is important to have an adult see you and acknowledge that you are valuable. Yeah, yeah, I I agree completely, and uh, yeah, I, I would say that whether the family unit is is intact and thriving, and the parents are attentive and resourced uh, or not, mm-hmm. um, more often than not, the parents are are two out of billions of adults in this world, and they're probably going to be others who hold pieces of what that child needs yeah. um and yeah for that reason it's it's just so valuable to have really present really really caring adults beyond yeah. the parents and yes especially when that's not uh, available to the parents which is another layer of what we strive to provide through our programming uh, with journeyman is making sure that our work is able to reach the youth that need it most through offering tier two supports in the schools on Vashon Island and in Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other point I wanted to emphasize is the importance of finding a mentor that is going to nurture the parts of yourself that need nurturing, not someone that is, "Quote unquote," assigned to you by someone in in an authority, because I know from personal experience that doesn't work. <laughs> you need to be able to start to uh, listen to your heart to gain the confidence that you need to find the support that is going to nourish you. Yeah, and I like what uh, what you said, Duncan, about you're drawn to the person that you choose as a, a mentor, and I think the other thing that I heard you say, which I recognize is so valuable, is acknowledging accomplishments. And when, you know, in these rites of passage, the recognition that you have by the, the, your peers, the recognition that you have uh, by your family, and then the recognition by community, uh, I received a lot of my personal mentorship uh, professionally in in the job that I chose to do. And uh, one of the things that I always, uh, as, you know, as I went through my career, uh, training other engineers to the, you know, ins and outs of what it takes to run a project, I would emphasize that you know you're going to have many different managers that you're going to work for over the course of your your life and there'll be many different styles of management many different ways that you're going to see people react in certain situations and you've got to really make that choice on whose example you're going to follow and what goals you're going to set so that are true to yourself and uh, can show up authentically. I think that having those kind of examples in your profession, in your community, uh, certainly in your family, and um, um, 
it's not always available there. And to have a program like Journeyman, and I, I, I want to hear more about um, how the program works and what um, uh, you know, what ages people of, of uh, young men. Is it primarily just young men, or is it open to women as well? Yeah. So Journeyman began as a response to a lot of what we were seeing lacking in the in the lives of young men and over the past seven years has grown and spread and through uh, requests from the community that we're a part of and uh, inspiration and and desire to reach more we now offer experiences for all genders yeah that's great Um, I, I think that particularly boys uh, need strong guides in their lives. I know that I would have benefited from it um, had um, that been available, but I, I think that uh, now there is more recognition of the roles that um, uh, mentors play, elders in the community that, uh, that help. I, I, I just wanted to ask if that includes non-binary and, um, and all as well as yes when you say absolutely. all genders it's it's across across the spectrum uh, the entire yeah. spectrum yeah, yeah. yes yes yeah, it is wonderful so uh, the journeyman program uh in its mission what is uh, uh how do you best describe that yeah i'll i'll do my best to share our our mission statement uh and it shifted as we moved towards journeyman and one village, which is our all genders initiative. And uh, okay. yeah, what I, what, what I'm remembering is uh, journeyman and one village create cultures of belonging through rites of passage and leadership trainings for youth and their people. And the first thing that, that jumps out in that to me is cultures of belonging. And a question that we'd love to ask in our experiences is what's the difference between belonging and fitting in? And in the spirit of spontaneity, I'd love to hear from either of you what what comes up as the difference between belonging and fitting in. Well, I never fit in. (laughs) (laughs) I can start out right there. And belonging is something that I never felt until I learned how to belong to myself. Mm. I think it's, for me, it starts, starts there, knowing that I, that I belong and that I, it's an internal thing. Well, mm-hmm. you always wait for the invitation, too, and that yeah. is... A, that's my human design. Right. Yeah. So that's, a, that's an, a, an important part of yeah. it as well for, for you. For me. Um, for me, what came up was... Uh, belonging uh, means that I'm invested. I am. Uh, uh, I'm a participant, and I am stepping into uh, a role that is inclusive. That is part of something larger than myself that I can um, embrace and uh, feel. The you know, reciprocation of of that feeling um, from from the people that are in that group, as a team builder, as a um, a leader within moving forward together. So you know, that's kind of my take on it. I'm invested in that effort to belong, to to participate, and to embrace the work of the team. Uh, I love that. Yeah, thank you both for uh, just just rolling with that in the moment. That's fun. Um, that's often what we ask participants in our programs to do. And I'm I'm noticing that uh, Nancy, for you, there's this internal experience of of belonging to yourself, mm-hmm. having a sense of this is who I am, and being confident and at peace with that. And Dan, there's this element of being part of something greater and being part of a community and knowing that you have a role, um, you have a, a true place. And yeah, those are, those are both huge parts of what we aim to 
to uh, facilitate for the youth who go through our programs is creating opportunities for them to reflect on the question of who am I and also experiences to to coax that out uh, whether that's through games or team challenges or solo time in the natural world getting to have those questions and then also in real time find out who am I when uh, I show up at this uh, outdoor space with 10 other teenagers and we're told to set up a giant tarp that we're going to sleep under together for the next week and a half um, not knowing what our different levels of skill are our leadership styles you find out a lot through doing as well um, and then in that both both the, the peers that you're going through an experience with and the deeply attentive and present adults who are there to guide and observe get to notice. They get to notice how you show up. They get to notice how you rise up, how you struggle and how you change. And then part of our job as guides and mentors is to reflect back the gold and the beauty that we see emerge. And reflecting on journeymen and our mission and who we are, uh, I think back to the beginning and the first deep rite of passage that I ever got to witness, uh, which was as a, an apprentice with journeymen on their first ever summer running, running programs. And the, 10-day rite of passage that we that we held called the quest which includes and for those who don't know in the framework of a rite of passage there's always a severance from the known which means saying goodbye to parents to a life indoors to technology and cell phones and coming out into the woods with a group of adults that you may know and you may not um in the middle, there's always liminal, which is a time in the unknown and unfamiliar where the old can fall away and new can emerge. And you often don't know exactly where you're headed. Uh, so it's very important to have some guides and some support to, to help hold that. And then a return, a return to community. Um, and yeah, reflecting on the the first experience of of the quest just feels like a great example of kind of the the deep side of what we do which is a, a wilderness-based experience that is held by uh, a staff team for you know roughly 10 youth who who leave behind all those things i mentioned before technology family um who are engaged in deep reflective conversation which is what we call counsel uh, which is a certain type of being together often in a circle format with a talking piece and each person having the full attention of the group around them to respond to a, a deep question about who they are or how they orient the world around them and through a combination of of, of experiences with counsel, of reflecting and being seen through tons of awesome games and just being present outdoors together, uh, leading up to a 24 to 48 hour solo vigil in the wilderness uh, for these youth. And uh, each one going out and experiencing a story out on the land and having so much material from one their entire lives but also the experience of the quest where they've been probed and invited into who am I um, what am I leaving behind what is the passage that I'm marking um, and going out on the land and then coming back and having each of their stories heard and 
and listened to by the guides of the experience and having key elements reflected back um, and celebrated by the guides and also the entire group of young people that they're out on the land with. Um, and a key piece as well is uh, what we call honoring and creating a culture of honoring where when we notice those those bits of gold and genius emerge, finding ways to shine a light on them, um, invite young people to to be seen and to claim those unique and beautiful parts of themselves that make them uh, uniquely who they are and an essential part of the community, thus leading to, hopefully, a sense of true belonging that they can go back home with and, and carry with them into their life, uh, particularly in this, in this world that is so big and so full of possibility and opportunity. And I think for many people, it can be easy to get lost or to seek a sense of identity that is predominantly external um, or to spend a, a, a long time trying to find that which they were actually born with, uh, exactly. these unique gifts. Yep. What, I'm he what I'm hearing you saying, I'm getting ch uh, goosebumps as I'm listening t t to this story, but what I'm hearing you say is that you're teaching them to find the resources that they already have or enhancing them with the um, counsel that you're giving them as well as um, <clears throat> when you reflect back to them, they already know that they have it. They just haven't acknowledged it because it's been beaten out of them or it's been um, they've been told they need to be someone other than who they really are. And when it's reflected back to them, at least this has been my experience, when it was reflected back to me what my gifts were, <clears throat> I didn't want to see them at first, but e eventually I... I too welcome them and embrace them, and uh, there's just just so much alchemy in what you're talking about. Absolutely, um, it is it, it is alchemy, and like you said, it's these are often things that we already have some sense uh, that they exist. Um, they they were born with them, I believe, mm -hmm. and they pop up, and it's all about creating this. Uh, alchemical container where those gifts can really, really come up and be spotlighted. And yeah, I think yeah. that part of that can also create like, like a sense of peace mm -hmm. inside oneself. Like, oh, I, I just, I get to just be me. Yeah. That's who I need to be. That's what the world needs. I don't need to spend so much energy trying to prove myself or be something or someone I'm not. Um, I like the idea that I am enough and exactly. that, and that, um, that's my gift that, uh, if I show up authentically and share what is, uh, in my heart and, and, um, I think part of the value of the work is um, helping them set aside a uh, fear, the fear of being judged, the fear of, um, uh, you know, not uh, having confidence. And to instill that into someone over, you know, a, a weekend or 10 days um, sounds like a a wonderful um, experience that uh, everybody should have at least uh, yeah. once in their life. <laughs> and, and, and it's also mm -hmm. it's also valuable helping them to be okay with being in the unknown, and mm -hmm. because and relax into that being in the un unknown because we're always in the unknown. We just think we're not. Yeah, right, especially as adolescents. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think especially in those teenage years, uh, early adulthood, um, it is a 
time that is just so inherently unknown and full of transformation the ability to trust oneself to trust the process um is just invaluable uh during those years um mm-hmm. yeah and the uh the the wilderness based deeper rites of passage is just one element of uh what we're doing at journeyman in one village um because that's not accessible to everyone that's not um necessarily easy to access and and it only happens once a year so we're also um doing some pretty amazing work in the elementary, middle school and high schools on Bashan Island and then also now in Tacoma um where we have circles uh that are often based around the council process i mentioned earlier once a week for uh groups of groups of students where they get to step away from often a homeroom session to uh be in community together um and another really exciting uh offering that we've done in the past year is called initiators we do a a gifts-based leadership training for high schoolers where um it's it, last last time it was over the course of 3 months i believe where we we met up and went into the the skills of facilitation and leadership uh really from a place of what what's your unique style what is it that you bring um as a leader in your community and those who went through that training were able to volunteer as staff for the fifth grade rite of passage that happens every year on Bashan where they do an overnight at the end of their time in elementary school and this year it was held on Bashan and we had 16 high schoolers that went through our leadership training who got to be cabin leads and share their gifts as mentors with youth that are just coming into their adolescent years on Bashan Island and be inspirations and lights um for those young people and it's it's really exciting to see our work is growing and this culture of mentorship and of belonging reaching pretty much every child that is uh coming through elementary school right now on Bashan really hoping that that work can continue and expands because i think it is needed in every community and we've had a uh, a couple of <clears throat> programs um local programs here um uh, uh on the show and another one that was um based in Jacksonville Florida uh talking about uh working with youth but i think they well I, i don't know that we got into the specifics of the program that talked about some of the elements that journeyman brings to to the light you know contribute to developing that sense of belonging and you know the um ceremonies and storytelling and counsel that you speak of i think is just a great way of um opening someone's mind to the uh possibility of change that is is a it, 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 the invitation is always there it's whether or not um they can step into it in in the fullness of themselves and i think the earlier that they're introduced to opportunities that uh, allow them to you know feel that sense of belonging the better uh i know that in my journey it wasn't until i started doing men's work and attended um a you know mankind project uh weekend warrior weekend that it opened me to the possibility and the connection with uh others in a sense that how to describe it allowed me to you know to be fully present and show up authentically i you know that's the uh, and while i'm thinking about it one of the things that i i wanted to ask is is there conflict resolution woven into the program because i think that's another valuable uh thing that um adolescents need you know 
we were talking about the struggle of being a teenager, and I remember as our son was growing, um, we would look at one another and say, ah, yeah, it's the years of teenage angst and, um, you know, that stress that they feel. And if they're in conflict with someone, uh, how, how do they resolve that? Does journeyman address that? I'm sure in the mentorship part they do, but uh, do they teach skills that help them go back and be able to resolve it without resorting to a negative aspect? You know, a, you know, a po- how to positively uh, resolve conflict without you know, resorting to violence or yeah. Anything? Yeah, such a great question. Yeah, in a in a few different ways. So in our in our circles that we do in the schools, we have a a loose curriculum, mm-hmm. um, and I say loose because we have a handful of leads who hold the circles, and they have the uh, the power to adapt the the curriculum to meet the needs of the group, but. Uh, the curriculum is based off different themes, and one of the themes is conflict and um, exploring, yeah, how how conflict shows up in each of our lives mm-hmm. and what what we've done in the past, what tools we have now, how we would like to address that uh, moving forward. And I think a lot of how we teach, which I think is also a key part of mentorship, is through sharing our own stories. So oftentimes, rather than telling someone what to do or how to do it, we will share uh, a story that maybe includes a time that we made a mistake um, and wound up uh, suffering the consequences and potentially as well a story of uh, how that was integrated in a time that we experienced doing something different. Um, So that's one of the ways it shows up. And another piece that feels really important is a huge part of what we do is build the muscle and the practice of talking about our emotions and our feelings as they come up Um, and doing that week after week being able to identify those and and express that um, that feels like laying a huge part of the foundation uh, for conflict resolution and then in our in our rites of passage and our experiences, a lot of what I've seen, um, and I'm sure there have been times when there have been sessions or workshops on conflict resolution. A lot of what I've seen has been organic um, sure. in being present, and when conflicts do come up, which they inevitably do, uh, bringing tools like nonviolent communication and some of the other acronym-based conflict resolution Mm -hmm. methods that we use in wilderness guiding uh, to to the youth. Yeah, thinking about an experience last summer where there was a a rupture in a group that I was guiding that led to tears and one of the boys running away from the group um, saying they wanted to go home. We were out in the wilderness. And um, that you know, beginning with one of the guides going with them and or two of us actually sitting with them and talking it through and then them returning to the group and going through a process of sharing, you know, what it was they experienced and how that felt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having the entire group of there were um, 10 boys on the trip, I think, each reflecting back some of what they heard and that's so you know, powerful a beautiful process <laughs> yeah. that wound up in a big group hug yeah. yeah and yeah moments like that of vulnerability and empathy um often yeah they often i think are most powerful when they come up organically mm-hmm. and when they're yeah. held well they're some of the most beautiful parts of these experiences yeah. for sure absolutely and each Monday I say this, but I'm always astounded at how fast this time goes. Um, and I want we want to um, end with this last question, which is a question that we ask all of our guests. Um, we started our show around the premise of having difficult conversations and the importance of having them. So we want to ask you, how do you approach a difficult conversation? 
in when it occurs in in your in your interactions it's a beautiful question well i i got married summer before last i've been with my wife for uh, about five years and that has been the most powerful teacher of my life in how to have difficult conversations consistently and compassionately and <laughs> i i i used to be extremely conflict avoidant that's my truth was i avoided difficult conversations and it's been a journey of i think the first step for me was like letting it be messy mm -hmm. and learning how to like just voice through like I'm feeling this thing. I don't even know why. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and stepping into that to, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be, I'll be honest and humble. Like I, I, I step in the, I step in the crap as often as I don't still, it's a messy process. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a process. It's the, we don't say, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a, Difficult conversation specialist. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, the practice that I continuously go to is trying to do my best to be present in my body, mm -hmm. um, noticing where I'm feeling tense, um, and first just asking that question, like, what happened and what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, when, I, when I'm at my best, I'm able to start there, is yeah. what happened, what I'm feeling, and ultimately leading to a request. And a big, I will name just a big inspiration for me was reading Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg mm -hmm. um, and leaning on that process to help guide uh, how I address conflicts yeah. ongoing <laughs> and forgive myself when I mess up. That's a big part of it. That's yeah. a big part of it. So thank you for, thank you for being so vulnerable with us. Um, and just to end, where can our listeners find you or get in touch with you or find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So for uh, Journeymen, you can go to journeymen.us. That's got our camps, our experiences, ways to get involved. We are always uh, leading trainings for new mentors, uh, people who want to step into leadership and either build their skills or become a part of us uh, in our work. And uh, for me personally, you can go to endavacoaching.com, uh, E-N-D-A-V-A coaching.com for my personal work as a mentor and a coach. Great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Dr. much for being here today. Thank you both. It was amazing having this conversation with you. Well, yeah, I, I, it's an important conversation to have, and I hope um, um, we touch some uh, of our audiences uh, with it. So today, um, we discussed mentorship and the journeyman program. And a mentor is someone with the willingness to help others, who has the capacity to inspire, someone who has a deep sense of integrity and who has the ability to share a vision that allows you to see that best version of yourself, that that best version is possible and attainable. And there are programs like Journeyman out there to help you find your uh, purpose and mentors who can help you discover the path that you're meant to take. Peeling away the barrier and obstacles that um, let your light shine on the creation of the life that you were always meant to live. Today's inspiration is a quote by Ken Blanchard, author of One Minute Manager. We must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. You've been listening to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. Thank you for listening. Through our own journey, we know that it's possible to find meaning, purpose, and joy again after a loss. Join us each week as we share useful information to help you develop the skills necessary to meet grief when it enters your life and to show you the importance of having difficult conversations, even when you don't know how to start them. If you're looking for more information, you can find us at our website, beingwithgrief.com.